everybody, it's Mike here. I just need to give you a quick disclaimer before this very interesting and exciting interview with Todd Linden. We recorded this before all the Emilio Estevez news came out, so none of that is mentioned, but it's still an excellent interview, and I'm excited for you to hear it right now. That's the one thing all great teams have in common. Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Anyone know where I can find District 5? I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quiet Tech Podcast, the Definitive Mighty Ducks Podcast. We have another guest. This is another big one. I'm excited about this one. We have Todd Linden. He is writer and executive story editor for Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Uh, got the writing credits on episode six and episode 10, the finale. Uh, Todd, thank you for being here. Executive story editor, very cool title. What does that actually mean? <laughs> very cool. You know, I can't even totally tell you where these titles came from. They're all like levels that came up from from the ranks that the Writers Guild, I think, helped create. And so, you know, you start at staff writer. And then by the, you know, if you keep working your way up, you're executive producer. And so, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it goes staff writer, story editor, executive story editor, then you're to like, co-producer or producer co-exec producer and then up to co- uh exec producer yeah so it's just all levels but they have very little meaning besides you know maybe how much money you can try to get out of it that's pretty <laughs> nice, <much> it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so i'm still in the lower echelon of that but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah so you know we talked to josh and kathy we talked to steve brill we talked to adam f goldberg they've mentioned you are sort of the guy you were the mighty ducks fan before coming on the show you're throwing out the old school pitches um i'm interested to hear your sort of story with the mighty ducks and how it all started for you sure but you know what before i say that just hearing that i want to give credit to the other writers too because we had other fans too i don't want to take all all that credit uh uh, marissa berlin who i co-wrote uh, episode 10 with she she grew up on duck she's a fan and then we had uh dario and demir canizia and they actually they have a really crazy story um they were born in bosnia and then ended up uh being refugees at the czech in the czech republic before they were able to make it to america and their story they they watched those duck movies while in the czech republic and so like it meant something to them too so i don't want to take credit from them but uh but yes, yes, I was a, a fan growing up. Um, you know, it was it was just the perfect time. I was I think I was the perfect age to when that first movie came out. Um, Ninety two, it was right. Right. Uh, so I was right in that sweet spot, and um, it it stuck with me. I, it, God, it's so crazy to think like who would have thought that all this time later I'd get to write lines for some of these characters for Gordon Bombay and like. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's so surreal and just so awesome and uh I, I feel very grateful to be on this show mm-hmm. and do you like remember seeing it in theaters or like were you a vhs guy how did it uh come into was, your purview i can't 
totally remember when I first when I saw the first movie. I probably saw it in theaters, but um, definitely a VHS guy too. And you know, I think the re- like w- one thing that I, people don't have as much anymore. Like now, it's like you really need to stay a fan and be a fan and keep watching it over and over on your own proactively. But like back then, like you know those random channels tbs or like anything would just like air these things and so that was like you know mighty ducks was like one of those movies where like i i loved it when i first saw it and then i would just see it on somewhere and i'm like oh well i like mighty ducks so i'm just gonna stop on this channel and watch it and it's just like one of those things that you just end up watching over and over (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely you get on the random like movie channels that are like not showtime or stars or something it's just like a random one and mighty ducks was on that a lot i definitely um get that so how does this whole thing come full circle like how do you end up you know getting the opportunity to write on game changers uh i would you know from my point of view with pure luck because i did not know that this show was coming i i hadn't heard about it i think they kept it pretty secret um, that they were doing it. And um, it was just one of those amazing moments. Like you always look in your email inbox and you hope for something cool to come and nothing like, when does that ever happen? But like out of the blue in October, 2019, um, before they had even announced the series, like before they announced it was getting picked up or anything. So I didn't know. I got an, an email from my, my manager, um, from her assistant. And it said meeting, uh, colon josh goldsmith kathy espa and steve brill re mighty ducks and i'm like what (laughs) i was like is this some kind of typo like first of all mighty ducks what are they talking about like this is a movie from a long time ago i have no idea what they're referring to plus like i've heard nothing about this so i like clicked on it and it said like they want to meet with you on uh for this new series and i just was like I, I immediately got up and walked out of the, like I was in this room, which is kind of like my office uh, here. And I got up and I went to my wife who was in a room, a couple, you know, rooms over. And uh, I was just like, I, uh, I just got this email about meeting on the Mighty Ducks. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, it was just this surreal moment where like, uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. So anyway, um, out of the blue email, uh, I came to find out that that Kathy and Josh had been asking some of their writer friends for recommendations and a mutual friend of ours, Vigil Patel, who I'd worked with on a show years ago, uh, mentioned my name. So they had read me and liked me. And so they wanted to set up a meeting, but it was just, it was so cool from my end. Cause I, I didn't even, I, it was just out of nowhere. It was crazy. So is your go-to move on every like show, you just shout out, here's things that I like. And so if you ever want to pitch something, I like the Mighty Ducks, I like Animaniacs, and I like the original Toy Story, and that's it. So when you reboot them all. I mean, God, that that should have been what I, I, I did. I mean, like in this, so yeah, in this case, you know, you when you go into these meetings, uh, if you're lucky, it's hard enough to get a showrunner meeting to like really be down to like one of the last few being considered for a job. It's just so tough. And uh, they don't come around often necessarily. And so when you go and you usually like, if it's a totally new show, sometimes you get to either read or watch the pilot. Sometimes it's a show that's, you know, had a season or two already. So you've hopefully seen some. And, you know, there's a lot of times out there that you don't totally relate 
to the to the stuff but you like you want the job and you can find things that you relate to you you can always find something that makes you excited but some things will make you more excited than others there's definitely been a couple meetings i've gone on in the past where i had to really work hard for the for the what <laughs> why i connected to it or or, or why i liked it <laughs> um uh but this one was just so easy i was like i mean it, it i was like this is like a my childhood dream come true right here this is getting to like this would so i went into that meeting and i i probably gushed a little too much <laughs> but but it was genuine and, and i think steve brill especially uh could could see that like you know he i remember him even asking he was like what did you like about the movies <laughs> like <laughs> i think he just wanted some of and by the way he deserves all the props in the world so um maybe he was testing me maybe he was going to see if i like kind of stumbled and and didn't really have an answer just to see if i was if i was lying but uh it was all genuine so did, did you drop any quotes uh from the original movies in the meeting i think i kept i i was so nervous in that i think i I, so a lot of times when I'm nervous like that, I can't, I like, I get jumbled and I can't necessarily pick out like those specifics. So I think I, I remember just saying how much I love, I love the, the curmudgeonly coach who gets turned around and, and by a ragtag group of kids. And, uh, you know, that's always been like, like the world to me. And, and uh, I can't remember what other specifics I gave, but it was enough to prove to him in the moment that I, I was a real fan. <laughs> so did they ask you like hypotheticals on the spot? It's like, what's Fulton Reed doing today? Or is it a little bit more professional, if you will? Yeah, I don't think, they didn't ask me any questions like that. They, um, and a lot of times, I mean, I guess it depends on who's running the meeting and, and like what they want to try to find out from you. But a lot of times they won't ask you specifics on like if you have story ideas and stuff only because if you were to pitch one and they liked it but they didn't end up hiring you but then they might want to either use that idea or maybe they came come up with an idea that they forgot about yours but it was similar to something you pitched there's always a chance of like somebody suing and being like hey you took my idea you didn't pay me so oftentimes in these types of meetings they don't necessarily ask you for for new ideas um so i yeah and it didn't get into asking what i thought the characters were doing today but <laughs> so you end up getting the job obviously yeah is there you know when you start going in there is there like immediate talk like hey how are we bringing the old ducks back or how did that sort of whole reunion thing come about there was definitely always talk of how can we bring some of these guys back and like you know who can we get and we knew it was up in Canada. I, when we started the room, it was before COVID. So we right. didn't know there, was, there would be those restrictions, but it was always shooting in Canada that, that season. And, um, but yeah, we always talked about how, how can we do it? I, and we were kind of zeroing in on like, there'd probably be some episode to, to really focus in on it. And I think it was uh, Dario and Demir who might've pitched this version of this specific like, um let's do some kind of event where they can celebrate the history of the ducks I, I think it was them and and once they said that like it just kind of clicked and we we're all like yes that that feels right and um and it, it was you know it's tough because uh to josh and kathy's credit they wanted to build a new world and and so they 
brought in, it, obviously it's a, all, a whole new team and everything. And so we had to make sure that we were staying true to that storyline too. So there wasn't like, we knew we couldn't like just branch off. I mean, I listen, I would love to do full arcs with the <laughs> and all that stuff. Like that would have been amazing, but uh, you know, <clears throat> we had to limit it in, in the sense that we were still trying to service these new characters and their storylines. So it was like, how could we fit something in that could both celebrate the history of, of this movie franchise, but also fit into the world and uh, let us tell our, like the story that they want to tell as well. At, uh, at one point, or at what point did they tell you or did you know, and maybe it was like you always knew, but that Bombay was back and he was, you know, kind of back to being curmudgeonly kind of run down when was that told to you and you know what was kind of the the process there with Gordon and was it like hey there's negotiations maybe it goes one way maybe it goes another way etc yeah that so so in the in the meeting I remember in the the meeting I had with them uh, the interview they had told me at that time like that they weren't sure, like they they might be getting Emilio. They weren't sure if it was going to work out. They were still in talks, so they did kind of have like a couple different versions. And it, like it excited me, but I was like, oh, don't get too excited, you know? Like who know, like who knows? Uh, and when we first started the room, it was kind of the same. They were like, we there was like a path. Luckily, we found out pretty early on. So, but um. But yeah, so they had kind of maybe a different character that could have been the Bombay if if necessary. I mean, it, like it would have been a totally different person, obviously, but like might have filled out that role. Uh, but they were talking to him, and then yeah, I just remember it. They came in like he's gonna do it, so we're gonna go with what we were starting to talk about for the Bombay route, and it was very exciting to to know that that like it would really bring back that history with him in it. Did did COVID just totally screw everything or did it was it not as big because you guys really did want to go with hey these are new characters we don't just want to have like Averman dropping one-liners in every episode or you know what was like what were some of the challenges there did you have to do a ton of rewrites um for for 106 specifically for that for the spirit of the duck well for the uh for the entire season was it always just like yeah. hey one episode dedicated and COVID I, obviously yeah yeah so so I guess there was there was a actually there was a couple of things we had talked about maybe bring them back for even beyond that it, that was definitely always the main episode we had targeted even before we knew about COVID so like that was going to be but like I remember that there was like an idea I don't know if we would have done it either way but like there was an idea that like maybe in episode 10 you know when they when he ends up giving them the old duck jerseys um, that perhaps we could have had those ducks come back, some of those ducks come back and like bring their jerseys from their homes almost as if like they still had them and and pass them out. And like, we thought that would be super cool to do that. Uh, but that was definitely not gonna happen after COVID hit because the quarantining that they would have had to do to get back up there and everything like that, it just wouldn't have worked out. But I, I think even from the start, um, that 106 became the episode that we we're like this is where we can definitely celebrate some of that history and it, we would have probably tried to find a couple other cameos to put in but once once covid happened it was not <laughs> it was not meant to be it was going to be too difficult so the backstories in 106 that are kind of revealed connie state senator averman limo driver 
which are you taking credit for? <laughs> um, uh, well, gosh, I, you know, it's, it's always a group process and we're always trying to work together. I, but I will, yeah, they, it was nice when, when Josh and Kathy kind of pulled me aside and told me they were, that they were going to give me this episode to write, which was super exciting. I think they, they did it because they saw that I had the fandom and that I would do hopefully do some justice to, to these characters. And I think they, they trusted me with that. So uh, let's see. I think when I went into it, uh, Averman is a, like bringing in the limo was I, a couple things. Yeah, the limo was my pitch. <laughs> I wanted to bring that limo back in. Um, and so when, when they agreed to that, I was like, Averman makes sense for that. Like he has an old limo, like, cause I think he would love that. I think he, like, I can just picture Averman, like always keeping the window down to the back and talking to whoever's back there. Like that guy's made for that kind of thing. So it just made sense to me that we could get that limo in with him being a limo driver. Uh, Connie also, I think was when I, when I was writing it and giving her a job, like, I gave her state senator because she's a strong woman and I, with you know a lot of passion and I could just you know I didn't want it to go too big like if she's like in the U.S. Senate that's like like but like it just felt right like a local but powerful state senator that you know can can make some change and stuff and and once once I came once that you know that worked for her it just felt like the like you know, it was like the guy, I liked him just like proudly being by her side. <laughs> um, uh, there, you know, there was talk in the writer's room. I have to be honest, I was against it, but there was talk of like, oh, should Connie and Charlie be married? Ooh, <laughs> but, ooh. but to me, and like, which would have been like a cool twist. I get it. Like, I understand why some of them were saying that. To me, I just felt like, you know, we saw, Connie and Guy in the movies, we we rooted for that. And it just felt right to, especially since they weren't gonna have huge arcs in the show and we were gonna just get to spot where they were now. It just felt right to me that that the two of them uh, uh, got married, which that was decided on before I wrote the script. I didn't just like put that in. Like we all kind of came to that conclusion, but um, uh, and uh, yeah, the three, the kids, I think in my very original, version i think i'd given the line of um i named my kid after that guy after that guy to adam banks but it made sense to give it to Guy and connie because because we were talking about their kids within it um and then who else who else we had fulton as the construction worker yeah yeah um and i you know i listened I, I went back, I listened to your 106 uh, review and I, you guys were hoping for more from, from Fulton, which I get that. Like, you know, we talked about him and we had some different ideas that I don't totally remember and like giving him some things that uh, um, might've given him more power and things like that. But when, when it came down to it, we really liked this idea of the, the smashing window and mm -hmm uh introducing him especially since he was kind of gonna be our way in and he was gonna be the first one we met like it just felt really fun and couldn't really think i you guys pitched i think on your podcast a a pen a thrill he threw a pen from his business meeting or something like that i remember listening to but uh yeah. <laughs> but you know it just felt it made sense again like 
you know, he could have, it could have been fun having him in a lot of different roles, but it felt fun to have this thing just smash Bombay's window and see him out there. And I think that, again, I, I think he probably enjoys like, you know, not looking down on construction workers. It's like a great job. And I think he probably loves his life. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it was, it, that's kind of the genesis of his role too. Of that. Awesome. I, I, I will say that that moment, I think for us and, and a lot of the fans out there was very much a goosebumps moment uh, whenever the, the window gets shattered for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I felt, even when I, I didn't get to watch, obviously I didn't get to go up when they shot it and stuff. So Brill, who, Steve, who directed that episode did send me a couple times. He sent me um, some footage that they were shooting, which was awesome. But, and then he let me watch the, uh, a rough cut of it after so yeah, like when I when I saw it, it same even even I knew it was coming and it was just like oh man this is awesome <laughs> like this worked out like this is super cool. In fact, I think I I overwritten that scene. Um, uh, they they cut it out and they should have. I mean, listen between time and budget, like they had to we had to cut down a bunch of stuff. But um, I think I even had him like give Bombay a chance to like use the thing and then he sma smashes another window and then they're like, all right, we're, we're like, we're going to get out of here. Like, like, I just wanted to have fun with them as much as I could, but it was limited, limited uh, time that, that I could put into it since we had the other stories to tell in that episode as well. Yeah, let's, uh, let's finish out these characters that appeared. So we have Adam Banks as public defender and then yeah. Ken Wu. Yes, um, Adam Banks, I think I might've, I think I might've found that in the writing. I think when I was writing it, thinking about the character, I was like, you know, this makes sense for him. The opposite of what he grew up on, like, like as he said, like the, the line, you know, that he said, like, you know, I learned a long time ago to root for the underdog. I think it's like really nice for his character and, and shows the, the impact that Bombay had on his life that like, you know, he was gonna go out there and, and do some good in the world. Um, and uh, and then Ken Wu, we, I don't believe we give a job, do we? I don't think we- Not really. I don't think, yeah, no. he's really just sort of in the background um, yeah. other than the breadsticks. Uh, yeah, and that one, I, I will give that that to Steve Brill all the way. He told me, like, I had kind of forgotten that moment to be honest. Uh, from from D2 and he's like oh you know one thing that the fans love about about Ken Wu is that sticks gloves shirt thing and and so he pitched that to me to put that in and it worked out nicely it was fun he didn't get a job I mean listen I don't know what he would be I uh I don't think he'd really be this but how cool it would be if he was like Disney on ice like he was <laughs> really used that skating to his advantage I mean listen we saw him on the ice in 106 he's still really good if he had yeah. stopped skating altogether if, if, if he was just some businessman then I don't know if he'd have that kind of skill anymore so clearly he's got to do something with with some skating I would think but I don't know yeah we never landed on something for him so maybe down the line who knows so I think you just pitched your next spinoff Ken Wu <laughs> is doing all the Disney on Ice shows. It. Like Disney's big into like, hey, let's just redo the Lion King. Let's just redo it. Now you can do it again with Ken Wu on Ice and throw nice. in like a murder mystery in there or something. And ten I'm episodes, gonna, easy. Oh man, I'm gonna have to start thinking about that. Yeah, murder <laughs> mystery, Disney on Ice, Ken yeah. Wu, Detective Ken Wu. Oh, I like it. He's a it. detective now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, uh, he, he's a, he's a, a, you know, yeah, just one of those up and coming private eyes. He's got to go undercover. There's like, there's this murder mystery at this like big skating, you know, show. It's like, who knows how to skate? It's like, huh? it's like Miss Congeniality. There's like, oh, just throw Sandra Bullock out there because she's like an attractive woman. And Ken Wu, you know how to skate. Get on there. You're going to play um, the Cod's work and, you know, Beauty and the Beast. But yeah, you don't know. I mean, because listen, here's the thing. They think that the murderer was goofy, but anybody can get into that goofy suit. Like, you don't know who was. Oh, in the, like you're going to have to go real dive deep into that to get, find out who the murderer is. Man. It's not so simple. This Can't wait good. for the show in 2024. Yeah, this what's, is what's it called then? Is it just on ice or murder on ice? Yeah, uh, no, I, I think we, we can, can workshop it. Yeah, we we should workshop it. I um, I don't know yet. I don't know, but that we'll see in 2024. Coming up, <laughs> this is but gonna he, be incredible. Um, he'll have like three kids who are part of like the on ice crew who like kind of look up to him, and he calls them. That's my Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> i love it all right love it. um let's get back on track i am excited for this i'm excited for tommy uh for todd to really break tommy as a the budding uh superstar writer in hollywood now so uh look forward to tommy's new career uh i do want to ask a very sort of specific question here so in the media images that disney sent out there's an image of adam banks and gee throwing or getting prepared to throw what appears to be snowballs at this ducks gala do you have any recollection of what was supposed to happen because it seems to be cut out yeah but uh, i never saw those that footage i yes okay yeah so originally and and originally we were going to go a lot further in that scene um we were going to it was we were going to like have a snowball fight basically inside um, where, well, actually very originally we were going to have it outdoors and like, it was going to kind of, it was going to be snowing out, but they were going to have kind of like a nice, you know, tent space or something where they're having this nice gala and then the ducks were going to crash it. And after they like, you know, did their quacking and did their speech for Bombay, they were going to kind of, actually they're going to run in that's what it was they were it, in by the way i didn't pitch the flying v entrance i that was probably brill maybe josh and kathy i love when i saw that 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 also gave me goosebumps i was like that is so perfect like that that what an amazing entrance they they gave them but prior to to doing that we had uh the very original draft that i'd written was them kind of coming in throwing snowballs, making a mess of things. And then, and then they were going to take over um, the, the podium and start talking on behalf of Bombay. And then, af- and then like uh, after that, Alex was going to, we were going to have not only the snowballs from outside, but then when we moved it inside into the rink, we were thinking like there could be like a, a, a shaved ice like cart or something that we could do that they could pull it from. And then like Alex was going to secretly take one out and maybe chuck it at um uh her boss and 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 then and then be like oh i don't i don't know who where that came from kind of thing but so they were going to make a lot more mayhem there there was going to be a lot more mayhem and i forgot that they actually even shot it because 
um, between once again the the COVID restrictions, the the, the timing it took on set. Uh, I think it might have gotten cut down a lot anyway, and then I guess they did shoot some of that, but it might have felt. I, I remember there was debate on like, is this too crazy? Like, would these adults go in and kind of go that far? So there was debate on if we should even do it. And I, I think ultimately they made it, it would have been fun, but they made a good move too, like to kind of keep it more real in that moment as well. So, I, but I forgot they even shot it until you just told me that, but yeah, that, that could have been, that, that's what could have been. There you go. Fight in the rink. Mystery solved there. <laughs> So what is sort of the progress on season two? Are you guys close to being done and having it all fleshed out? Or where are you guys at uh, in that uh, sense? There's still a lot to, to, to do, but we, we have like a lot of fun stuff um, that, that we've been talking about. And it's, uh, you know, it'll be a fun season. And, you know, like, I think when Josh and Kathy and Steve pitched this, this show in the first place they kind of were like you know each season is kind of like a, a movie and that's how we want to play it and so it's fun because you know I thought season one was a, a cool movie that had a, like led to a fun end and now we're going to do some new stuff this season and it'll it, it'll have a little bit of its own life and it's going to be cool it's going to be very cool so so yeah, we we know where season one ended, obviously, and uh, I forgot to ask this earlier. Was that always the plan to have the D five jerseys come back in the end? Um, like, how early on was like the ending set up from when you guys started the beginning? Um, I I don't re- I don't think that the the idea of the jerseys coming back in the end came up until like we kind of really started discussing both the return of the ducks and how they're going to play into the team. And, and then especially when we started discussing like, okay, they're going to have this game, like this game after the championships and, and stuff like that. Cause there, there were, you know, I think a, a version like a very early on and it, like, it never got this far, but like of maybe them losing that championship game, the actual championship game, playing that out and, and losing it but but they had already but like somehow winning the ducks name anyway um but then yeah it was pitched in the room uh and people started riffing on it this new ending um of like no have have the injury keep them from playing in that final game and then they get this you know secret game off the ice for for it all for what we really care about which is the ducks name and that i think once we got excited about that then it was like oh and then the old ducks can come back and they'll have the jerseys in the third period and yeah i think it kind of went from there but yeah so uh we're gonna move on to the quiet question in a bit but i just am curious like what was it what was the viewing experience like for you to you know have been a mighty ducks fan right be a writer on the show and then have it all come together and watch this series yourself. Surreal. I mean, <laughs> it's surreal. I, like it, it's, it is very, it's so crazy. Like, and like, then like, you know, you get into that writer's room and ultimately you're just, you're working hard trying to break stories, trying to make things fit and work. And so you like, I kind of, there's just plenty of times where I'm just like, okay, how is this going to fit? And I forget of like, even what 
story like i just want to make the story work or whatever it is but then you like take a step back and you're like i'm doing this for like the mighty ducks franchise like again like i think i I mentioned this earlier but like as a kid like who who would have ever thought that that like i'd get to to write for some of these characters in the end and and so yeah then watching the series like since it was in canada it was during covid like there was no way we were going to get to go up there and see anything ourselves I'd gotten to see, as I said, Brill sent me a, a rough cut of, of 106, but outside of that, yeah, I didn't see anything. And also when we kind of had finished the room with the scripts, I mean, we knew that there might be some changes just because they were going to have to figure things out on the fly with the COVID protocols and the budget and trying to fit everything in. So, I, I mean, it, it was all relatively similar to how, when I left, when the room ended, when the writer's room ended, but you know, I, some things changed, some things got cut, some things got added. And it, so I got to also watch it as a fan, uh, like kind of, even though I knew it was going to happen, but uh, it was, it was just cool to be, be a part of it and still be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know, I'm going to, we want to get to the quiet question. At what point over the last six years were you, did you become aware of this podcast and (laughs) Was it Good mandatory question. listening uh, for for season one, and like how how excited are you to be talking to us right now? <laughs> Admittedly, I had not heard of the podcast until season one, until I was on staff last year. Uh, then we found out, uh, you know, we heard from Brill that uh, I think it was that like this you guys had this and. Um, I've I I don't get to listen every week, but I have listened some and. It's very exciting. I, it, honestly, it's fun to put faces to the voices. It's kind of cool in that sense. Like you guys are, you guys are are, are duck celebrities yourself now. Come on, like nice. yourself, give, I, I think you're taking that credit, but give yourself the credit too. Make oh sure. yes, <laughs> yes, we are taking as much credit as we can possibly get. I know you want to get on the show. I know you want to get. That's I, true. Which is above yeah. what I can probably do for you. You got to keep on Brill for that. But maybe you're not giving yourself. Ally. You're gonna have another ally in the room now to to try. There to we go. Right, can Yeah. yeah. Each scene is gonna end with Todd being like, and then there's these three guys in the background <laughs> selling shaved ice, trying to get a snowball fight going. There you go. Yeah, that's slowly our strategy. We're just gonna keep having, keep befriending the writers until we <laughs> went over the room. You but. know, I. I think the reason why this this particular interview with me came about was because I mentioned a couple of weeks ago I was like because Adam Adam Goldberg had just come on I you mm-hmm. know and I was like oh man like like they should totally like reach out to the writers and like talk to the writers of the episodes get some behind the scenes stories like if just because like here's the thing you guys have been you guys did this for like five years where you just had to make up stuff on the movies that people have been watching for years I'm like this is such an opportunity they could like talk and they're like oh so you're saying you want to be on the on the podcast I was like no no no, I don't need to be on the (laughs) good and then as that literally as that conversation's happening Brill is like I'm going to email them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he emailed and, and the rest is history but i'm sure i'm sure you can get some of the other guys to to come on and talk if you ever want them to yes i feel like this is like penance like whoever's in the doghouse that day it's like all right i'm emailing the podcast guys they're gonna be reaching out to you now so yeah like you better be writing some good shit otherwise we're gonna make you on the podcast yeah, otherwise yeah you're getting grilled in the podcast yeah all right yeah uh I, yeah if you have any tips for you know how to sneak into a crowd scene or you know be an extra 
let us know. But uh, let's move on to the quack question here. So we put out a call to the quackalites, as we call them, the fans. And uh, we picked the best ones, try to answer them. We told them you were going to be on the show. Uh, so they're very specific to you. Uh, Kevin, do you have a quack question today? I do. Uh, this comes from OG quackalite Jared Beasley, uh, who's jbeasley777 on the Discord. Uh, this comes. Uh, his question is, uh, what is one D1 that didn't make it to D2 duck uh, you would love to write in an update where they are now in life? Mm. Mike can probably help with the list here. Um, I, what, what's one, you said D1 duck that didn't that make did it? That not, did not move on to D2. Yeah. So you have Tommy and Tammy, you have Peter Mark, Dave you have Car- Carp. Yeah, Dave, 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 Carp. Dave Carp, I would say. Um because I know that in reality now he's a chiseled man. Uh, and uh, I think that would just be so fun to see that transition. In fact, I, I'll be honest, my, my original draft, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, my original draft, uh, we weren't sure who we get. It was, it was months before we were ever even going to shoot. So it was like really start just like starting to do it. I, I think I had 11 ducks in my my first draft and then we were gonna like see who Brill could get and who it would work out with and then again COVID hit and it made it more even more challenging so um but uh I think it would be fun to out of those choices to see where Dave Carp is how he got there um to me it feels like he's and this is not what the show necessarily do but uh to me if we ever saw him like it just feels like he'd be like a a model in LA or something and like and and like coming back to make his appearance now with in minnesota back where he came from but he could also be uh like running the fat camp now that's true <laughs> heavyweights yeah yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah incredible yeah, dave Carr. i i like i had this little bit that i'd written in where where bombay just didn't believe it was him and he was like wait <laughs> carp and like dave carp just nods and just says dave carp <laughs> <laughs> like I really wanted to do that, but you know, it just didn't work out. <laughs> nice. But, Were there any like last minute stretch scratches that you had a whole thing written out for? And just I honestly, make- uh, once you know, I'll be completely honest. Brill was in contact with the with everyone, and so I never. That's why. That's part of the reason why I wrote so many because I just wanted to have a little fun with it. Um, but I really wrote it not knowing who who we might get of, of the group. But yeah, perfect, perfect. And let's. Uh, I guess you gotta save those. You know what you have, just in case for your season two, season three. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. And by Hopefully. the way, I, it, history could change. Like I, that was that was my fandom. Like getting to write that first draft. So as we discuss more, like I would pitch it to the room some of these things. But it could always change if we see some of these guys down the line, what their history might be. But it's all exciting. Perfect. Well, we got to let Todd go because he's got to go to the writer's room and finish season two. So uh, we can't hold him up too longer here. So uh, for us, thequacktech.com, go there, contact us at quacktechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quacktechpod. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Uh, tell us what you think of all the Ducks backstories. Tell us your favorite. Uh, tell us what you think of the stuff that got cut out that was revealed here today. Uh, watch Disney or Disney Plus, Mighty Ducks Game Changer season one. We still got to juice those numbers just in case Disney Plus is playing for attention. 
Disney uh, season two coming out uh, 2022 sometime. Sometime. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly. Ain't no turning back. Got to be